I'm very excited for this topic. He's not a kid. Saltini. Daltini. What's up? Hey, how you doing? Good to see you. I know you're glad to see us, of course. Hello. Um, Friends. We've been busy. Very. We've been living life. It's, a lot's happened. But we don't forget about what truly matters. Drum and drummer. You. And drum and drummer. You know and, what I mean? Uh, and David. And David, of course. Of course. But he's involved in, within the name. Of course. Right? You said you had a cold open. Uh, yeah. I yeah, didn't bro. know where we are starting. Matthew just started talking, so I'm just going with the flow. But yes. Um, I was given some uh, very terrible news today oh, no. and i don't know how to take it um okay let's let's bet i've been doing something for a very long time now drinking the same thing every day but i make it right i make it good i put a lot of effort into it i'll put love into what i make and that is a protein shake now before anybody goes any further with that thought i want you to think about this okay if you drink the same protein shake every day it gets boring you got to mix it up. You got to give it some zing, right? Yeah. So, you know, my zing is putting peanut butter and bananas and sometimes like the mixed berry stuff in there. And I make it fun. I make it a thing. You know what I mean? I do it every once in a while, but I always stick to the basics of chocolate powder and peanut butter. Always two hefty scoops of peanut butter, I like to say. Water. And I was given news that somebody in this very room in this very screen thinks that I don't make good protein shakes. It's not that I don't think you make good protein shakes. It's that I would prefer to eat a lot of things other than your protein shakes. I know that. But if you wanted a protein shake and I was making one, would you be like, hey, Dalton, give me one of those bad boys? No. What would you do? well, what kind of protein shake would you make? I wouldn't make a protein shake. I don't. Matthew, really... you've been you drink protein shakes regularly. Yeah, just water and protein, just pound it real quick. I don't want to like. Sit That's there and disgusting. Save it. Why don't you want to enjoy it? Because I'd rather just hurry up and get that out of the way so I can enjoy other things. Like I don't know. I think that just speaks to the difference of you two as brothers. Yeah, Dalton's very much about the experience of everything. Yep, and Matt's more of a results kind of guy. Yeah, man. It just sucks, man, because I thought, I thought you know, as a brother, he would really respect and appreciate me for putting time and no, effort into something I, and I learning think, about it. I think know? that it's great that you found a recipe, and I think that it's great that you love that recipe. However, I love making Brussels sprouts in the air fryer. Yeah, but what if I said, guess, Matt, guess, that's fucking gross. Guess, I hate it. You, this, that's exactly what you said. I would never say that to you. You literally told me I that. literally we would were, never we say that to you. We were still at Dad's house. I made it. You said, Matt, that smells and that tastes like shit. No, it smelt like shit. You fucking I little... walk into the house after a nap. Can you imagine waking up to from a nap to fucking smell of Brussels sprouts? That's not a fun thing to wake up to. I'm not wrong for that. You wouldn't do that to yourself. So, yeah, I'm going to be disgusted because it smelled like pure shit in the house. It didn't taste like it, though. But, no, I tried it and it tasted good. Yeah. I just said it smelled like shit. So don't put words in my mouth. No, but he's putting words in my mouth. Same thing. His same thing. I've no, tried, I tried it. I've tried your protein shakes. I don't think you've really given me a chance. They're good. No, I want. I want next week on the podcast want or whenever we shoot the next podcast. I'm going to make Matthew a protein shake and live taste test. He's going to do a live taste test. All right, live taste test. And he's. You guys are going to see something amazing. And you'll see me go. Wow, what a protein shake! 
You're gonna you're gonna go. That is the best goddamn protein shake I've ever fucking had in my life. You know the best. Those are gonna be the exact words that come out of Matthew Drum's mouth. No, it's gonna come out of my mouth. Is this is the best goddamn sound I've ever heard in my entire life. David, roll it. I'm Drum. I'm Drummer. Yeah, what a vibe. What a vibe. All right, welcome back, everybody. Week 122. Week 122, guys. That's 22. <sighs> Plus 44, which is 88. 66. <laughs> Plus 22, which is 88. Plus, Plus 40, which is 120. Plus 2, which is 122, ladies and gentlemen. And as always, we're your hosts. I'm Drum. And I'm Drummer. It's a podcast about brotherhood and the three S's. Storytelling. Supernatural. And self-improvement. But this episode... This one is different. You have to refer to <laughs> us as the Tarnished. For we are the, the tarnished. tarnished. Is that the name of it? That's what we are, David. It's not, what? What, not the name of anything. Keep going. It's a lifestyle. So, Dalton and I Ugh, we ben- have... benefit from ADHD. Yes. Life becomes very interesting. Um, we can't really focus on too much. Not, but not too, not for not for too long. But Dalton was diagnosed with ADHD professionally, accidentally before me. <laughs> and the thing is, is that Dalton then began to learn about himself. You know what I mean? Like you go on TikTok, which is becoming the new search engine for everything, which I think is badass. Um, and he started to learn about himself, and he, you know, he would say certain things. Oh, this is this. But one thing that he learned about was what is called hyperfixation. So, Dalton, will you please explain to our audience the uh, the individuals who don't get the joys of, you know, not being able to focus. Like, what what is hyperfixation? It's this the most focused you'll ever see somebody like like us pretty much. Um, so a hyperfixation is like something where we get really into like a certain subject, a certain video game, a certain like like art or something like that and we get so fixated on it that that's all we think about that's all we want to do at the end of the day that's like what we look forward to and when we're playing it we are like endorphins and all our shit's going off like we're just living in the love and um it's it's fucking amazing we essentially become incredibly obsessed with one topic or subject or yeah. whatever the case is it's an exaggerated time, and intense time for a dictionary with dave dictionary with dave, dave. This is the fastest one. <laughs> an exaggerated and intense affection towards something or someone yep weirdly it says hyperfixation is usually mistaken for an individual's particular interest hmm. which seems weird to me like if you're hyperfixated does that mean you don't always like what you're super into Hmm. I haven't experienced that. So I was just diagnosed with ADHD probably like four or five months ago, like professionally. Uh, and ever since then, I've been like, well, when Dalton was like, you know, I started doing research too. And I was like, oh, this sounds a lot like me. Like I started to like kind of understand how to utilize the way that I am yeah. in a more productive way to get things that I need to get done. Life changing. But also there's a lot of truths you have to learn. A lot of hard truths. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. But so, makes sense. so Dawn and I, we have hyper fixations. Like for mine, it was Beat Saber for like two days. Uh, <laughs> you were on a big kick. Dalton was Jimmy Jam Boom Bam. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, you know, but 
in the first time in the history of us being alive, yep, we have the same hyperfixation at the same, same time. time. Let me tell you, it's been fucking fun. It's amazing. We've it's been bonding so, so much. It's so much fun. If you guys don't know, Eldering has been out for a little while now. And uh, so, well, we suck at it. We're terrible. But what is, David, would you explain? Yeah. Not, maybe not necessarily what Elden Ring is, but like that style of game. Your professional the, 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 opinion. The, the company that makes those games. Uh, so Elden Ring is a Soulsborne type game known for uh, FromSoft Studios. And it's a type of game that specifically gets a lot of hate and a lot of praise because there is no <clears throat> set difficulty meter um and they designed the combat to be incredibly difficult and requires a lot of training and analysis and timing rather than uh a you know a memorization of of a preset you know button combination that you need to hit yeah it's a lot of adaptation and and work uh and so a lot of people hate it because they say it's too hard and a lot of people praise it because it's like hardcore gaming. It is. And it, there's like a cult-like following for these games. And, and it requires <sighs> persistence. Yes. And like I said. like There's you definitely ha- a community um, behind the, it. The sure. general meme is that you, like, you die a hundred times at least before you fight, be, beat any of the bosses. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And so this game came out. And I want this to be on the record. I firmly believe that Dalton and I would not have this game. Or even be playing it, or really considering it, uh-huh. if someone else in this very room that was off screen <laughs> did not say, "You guys just probably shouldn't buy it because there's no way you guys would finish it and like it," and then he gave two very specific reasons to Dalton and myself. Mm-hmm. Now the funny thing is, is that without even speaking or looking at each other, we had both decided we were going to buy this game <laughs> and we we're going to do our damnedest to fucking beat it. Um, and so I came home the next day and Dalton had bought Elden Ring and I was like, cool, I don't got to spend money, <laughs> but we're on the same page. But he's buying Lego Star Wars. So I let's am. Figure yes, out. That's, that's the trade off. But, um, but dude, it's been so much fun, especially because like I got hyper fixated with Assassin's Creed Valhalla for a while. So before we get more into this, okay. I want to try and make sure we're using the word correctly between hyperfixation and obsession because there's an extra layer to hyperfixation okay um it's a result of someone developing an avoidance stimulus yes to their yeah. negative emotions yep. and thoughts yep. absolutely due to their mental health conditions absolutely yep. so it diverts their negative signs and symptoms into positivity yep thousand percent exactly what we're doing okay yeah thanks for calling us out on we're it, avoiding guys, life we're avoiding a lot of things david <laughs> all right we really needed to put it on make sure <laughs> We're in for the long haul, baby. Anyways, so me and Dalton start playing, right? Dalton starts playing. I start watching. I'm like, ah, I want to try it, but I'm not sure. And so, you know, I try it. Get hooked. And what's cool is, is that the way this has been going recently is one of us is playing the video game and just consistently dying. Like, consistently. All the time. Every, every just fucking bird. And get, getting increasingly mad. And it's like, it doesn't... like. For instance, I beat a boss. Felt I was on top of the world. The highs of this game are so high. So high. But the lows are just so, so low. So low. And so you beat the boss, and you're like, fuck yeah. You walk into the next room, 
And then there's just some random person there that's not not a boss. And sometimes hiding in the fucking corner. Like and then an he ass. just he slices you up. And so you've gone through this whole progress. And it's not like you can save wherever you want. You gotta go to specific points in the map. So it's just frustrating. But what's been fun is through the frustration of consistently dying, we've been relying on one another to help find different items, different walkthroughs. Different things that we can, you know, oh, you got to do this. You got to do this. And the reason why I say it's been fun is because Dawn and I have had a lot of opportunity to work on our communication with one another. Um, you know, jump over that rocky motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, fucking figure it out, dude. Just fucking get around that you, thing. Yeah, you got to go that way. Yeah, Matthew's the worst of direction. He goes, yeah, yeah, I know exactly where that is. And then he brags about himself going, yeah, man, like, I put, I, I did this I did this thing once, got me this much runes. Like, I already know exactly where it is. Like, it's crazy how fast I pick up on the map. <laughs> he takes me to the complete opposite side. Doesn't let me fast travel. He's like, no, no, you gotta go this way. I only know the route. I only know the route. I think it's there. No. Is it? <laughs> but Yeah, you're good. No, I do the no. same thing. I do the same thing, just not as cocky. You know what I mean? Like, oh, oh, go here, go here. Uh, wait, that looks similar, but that's not it. But if we're not sitting next to each other trying to help each other, it's like, I'm pretty sure the only TikToks we've sent back and forth for the last, like, three weeks has been just Elden Ring. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, like, that, the pull to, like, want to play the game, yes, flamed up from you, but then it kind of had that same type of energy as, like, when I was playing Skyrim for so long and all these, like, fairly easy rpgs that aren't too serious and i could play easy mode i wanted something that didn't give me a chance and just threw me in it and that next step was the witcher 3 because i tried playing it five different times and i just couldn't get into it the 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 mechanics were weird to me and the storyline didn't like get me at first and so i was like no i i bought it i have to beat it i'm seeing everyone that loves it i gotta do it so I played that game all the way through, and it's one of the it's the best. It's, so good. it's one of the best RPGs ever in the world. Mm-hmm. Like it's an amazing game, and so that's the same type of energy I have towards Elden Ring. So now I have to beat it. Yep, you know, it's I crazy, understand. man. I understand. It's crazy. It's a crazy feeling, but it's a lot of fun. But you also sent us a uh, a video from a therapist who was talking about the not necessarily using video games as a um like medication but using it to help analysis and help therapy yeah i don't Mm. know if you wanted to talk more about that yeah i mean the best example that he that he even showed and we'll we'll make sure we explain this pretty well um is uh basically skyrim okay okay so skyrim is an open world rpg you can travel anywhere there's um, no time out uh what does open world mean what does rpg mean um role-playing game is yep. RPG. So essentially you are the character. You are the character. You're the main character. You get to customize it. Yeah. And then open world is basically there's a set map and there's no restrictions within that set map. But it's a it's huge. It takes you it could take you I think in in uh maybe in in Skyrim it takes you like an hour to get to the whole other side. Or you like just that. walked? Yeah, you yeah. just walked. Um okay. so that that's basically what the premise of it. And, like, you get distracted by all these different characters. Now, a lot of people would play the main storyline if if they're not normal, used to RPGs like that. They'll play the main storyline and they'll finish each mission as it comes along. And when they have side quests, they finish the whole side quest at once. And then it comes down to us 
and we we start have everything <laughs> all billion quests that we get started and we just jump from whenever we feel like it to different quest lines and just yep. kind of go around like that because that just shows how maybe our brain works or something mm. like it just gives a little bit more insight on how we're thinking and uh what's giving us like that serotonin in the moment oh that's interesting i never even thought about that yeah because i'll definitely like, i'll start a bunch of side missions but i'll like sit down and decide like okay i need to see this one all the way through like it'll get too many and i'll be like uh i gotta start taking like them off one by one yeah and you go one and i'll do like four or five and I, I, I will feel like accomplished but then i end up talking to somebody who's trying to find their cat in the tunnel next thing you know i gotta fight the sewer king in order to get this cat back and, you just and gotta do on, it. on the way there i talked to like seven different people so then now i got rid of four side quests but now i have 12 yep more and i'm like okay well this kind of you know but then if i think about that with like how i if i didn't have a structure in my work day and i just kind of went by the seam of my pants that's pretty much how it would go where it'd be like i'd have a laundry list of things to do i would check off four and then through my distractions create nine more and then just kind of repeat that endless cycle. So my list is never actually done. It keeps going. You know, that's going. pretty interesting. Yeah. And so, and that's part of what he talks about. He's like, he's like, if you, you know, we can use it to, to figure out what's going on. He's like, show me your quest log. You know, do you have 50 different missions that have been started? How, not? how are you? Are you someone that's like one quest and done? Cause I can see Rachel being like that. I start a quest to finish a quest. I mean, like I'll have a bunch of quests op- like available but not necessarily started. So like you'll you'll I see the have the initial line. conversation and like please help me save my dad who's in the castle. But then you won't actually go to the castle. Be like, oh, I'm gonna come back to that later. Or not necessarily that as much as you usually get the the quest starter from some other thing. Mm. You know, okay. In The Witcher, it's the notice boards. Yeah. In Ghost of Tsushima, it's like. You go to a survivor camp and they tell you something's happening somewhere else on the island. Yeah. So I'll have a bunch of those because I go to every single spot to do as much as I can. But once I start a mission, I won't just abandon it halfway through. I'll see that mission to its end Mm. and then go somewhere else. Okay. But you will also, you finish every book you start reading. Yes. See? Absolutely not. That, that. No, I can't even finish a book. Mm-mm. No, like I'll f- I finish most of the books that I I read. Like I'll start a book and I'm like, okay, but I'm genuinely interested in it. If I started a book and like David has looked me in the eyes and been like, I'm not enjoying this book. Yeah, I don't get that. And I'll be like, so just don't read it. And he's like, no, I have to finish it. That makes no sense. No in my fucking brain. sense. No fucking sense. Why do you do it? Why why read it? Why are you it doesn't like fucking this? matter. Who made you this way? Uh, I think probably just from being taught not to be a quitter. You don't quit things. You finish things. So you're saying we're quitters? Uh, no, I'm just <laughs> saying. Media slap in the face. I'm saying so I never I never learned how to, for my own enjoyment, yeah. stop when I stopped enjoying things. Because I good. did do that for on some aspect. You know, swim, polo. I, you know, it's lost interest in it once it stopped being fun. But it doesn't, didn't necessarily stop unless mm. I had an, another reason to. Yeah. Um, but so that that's like a positive in your book and you're in. And I think the way it looks, because you mm. can just be like, no, nah, this is not fun. So why would I waste my time on it? Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Um, the one the one critique or not critique, because I actually thoroughly enjoy the fact that it's like this. But I know like Mitch has been playing Elden Ring. Yeah. And uh, he told me he's like, they're so vague. They give you no Nothing. direction. 
Nothing. That's specific to the to the to, makers of the game. Yeah, and and I so I played. They have another game called Bloodborne that I tried to play. Um, just not my time era. I think I also think I understand it more after this game. And it's less linear, or it's more linear. It's much more linear. Oh yeah. Than so you, if you're if you stuck at a boss, you're, you're stuck. stuck at a boss. Yeah, you, you know, that's it. You <laughs> know, not run a different way. Do you, um, do you level up the same though? Yeah. Okay. So it's really just world design. Mm. Well, that's what I was saying. I was like this. I told David. I've read a lot of forums and they're all saying Bloodborne is the quote unquote easiest of these games. And then Elden Ring is next on that list. But I think what's fun about Elden Ring and more appealing to me is I have the opportunity to at least most of the time run away. You know, you don't get that in Bloodborne. Bloodborne, you're, you're fucking there. Yeah. You're there. Yeah. You deal with it. Um, But I also understand this game now much more because I thought I felt the same way as Mitch. When I played Bloodborne, I was like, what the fuck am I even doing? You know? And I hated the fact that I had to go look it up. But now for this, like, I have a forum up 90% of the time that I'm playing. I'll have my laptop on this right here. The same setup. Only with the controller. Um, and so it's been fun, though. It's been fun to kind of, like, dig in and just, like, go back and forth with Dalton about it. Now, Monique doesn't understand it. She thinks that we absolutely... She hates it so much. She does. She hates that you guys are so angry about it she thinks we're the worst players in the world she does she thinks we're terrible and it also doesn't help the fact that david's played two games of like this style before so david comes over sits down and goes can i try and you're like yeah sure and And Matt matt specifically goes go this way yeah and then just like it doesn't matter like david just understands so david's just bodying everybody that i've been struggling with am i mad Yes, am I hurt? Like inside, yes. But also, too, I'm ha- I'm pumped because like I don't gotta do that myself, so it's y- me easier off, for man. me. And then Dalton was like, "Oh, David, you should try my file. You might like my build more." I'm like, "This fucker just wants him to beat bosses on his file." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a little bit. But I think you would like my build more. I'm more berserker. He's he's samurai. You know, Caleb. Caleb surprised me. He chose uh, monk. Or no, he chose uh, prophet. Prophet. Which are you surprised though? Yes. Nah. Yes, because he's all like even in like Skyrim, he's always been the very like, you know, shield sword kind of guy. Tank. Yeah. Paladin kind of character. Uh huh. So it's interesting. But uh, but yeah, and then you know he talked a little bit other thing. He he actually brings up like the backlog issue, where he's like he's like you know why look at all these games why have you started so many games but you haven't finished any of them and and, you know it can be seen as you stopping because you don't enjoy them or it could be seen as you're you don't quitter. have the attention span to finish a game. You're getting caught off guard with other stuff. And then he also mentions, he's like, you want to learn persistence? Go buy Elden Ring, you know? So so I'm I'm bettering myself. For you're welcome. Now we're doing it for, for a reason. Yeah. I mean, even even online, it shows all the benefits in it. Where does it say? It gives you stimulation, social connections, visual spatial skills, strategy, and problem solving. Yeah, I rolled. Planning, sequencing, and prioritizing. That's where, and and Rachel used to babysit, and she was like, the the parents she used to babysit for would just be like, oh, just put on a movie. But they didn't allow video games. And she, you know, grew up with video games, so she couldn't understand. She was like, does she not get that video games teach you more because you're more engaged and it's like testing your mind Mm -hmm. than just. (laughs) (laughs) What? Nothing. Oh, and then the other, the last thing he said, he was like, "Let me see your, let me see your inventory." 
Let me see how. Let me see your itemization. The therapist, okay. so you could see uh, how yeah, you yeah, like. No, no, no. But I'm just trying to see the clutter. One. See the clutter versus just ways to see into someone's mind based on how they play a video game. Yeah, that's interesting. I think it's true, though. I mean, it's so true. And it's just also just really interesting just to... Oh, dude, you should have seen Caleb's eyes. He got so happy when I told him that he could carry everything as long as he doesn't equip it. Is that, that's the best. I just yeah. collect things. I don't need them. Uh-huh. I don't need them. Yeah, Caleb's like, you can do that. That's awesome. Because every time growing up, we'd play Skyrim and Caleb would come over. And every time I saw him playing, he'd be like just hobbling to some place. And he refused to put things in chests. Uh-huh. I don't know what it was. Yeah. Either he lost it or he had it. That's it. Yeah. I did the same. I don't yeah. get that. Yeah. Yeah. I just wanted to get your take on, you know, billionaire news because I saw it and I was like, what? Uh, Elon Musk has challenged three, twice, three times Putin to one-on-one combat. Like, are we talking like fencing? No, like one-on-one combat. But like the winner gets Ukraine. Nice. So Elon Musk can have Ukraine. Like can own it? I think he's fighting on behalf of the rest of the world. <laughs> oh. So wait. So what's this one-on-one combat? Is it like fist fight? Let me look it up. But like, because if know. it's like if it's like a science project, Putin's done. I mean, you know? that seems like a video game kind of thing to yeah. do, and I just don't understand what Have do you, you think seen the Putin thought work out? process is. There? I just I I think that a lot of things are done, you know, just for virality. Like I I don't know. If like, there's no way you do this and you expect Putin to say yes. Or even acknowledge like, abide, it. abide by it. Yeah, like, what the hell? You know, they took he down... He lied to his troops, man. Yeah, what that, and then do? they took down all social media in Russia. Mm-hmm. You can't go on Instagram, it's just black. Is it really? Yeah, it just goes black screen. That's the worst. That yeah. would suck. I mean, who knows? Maybe that's going to help them. Help them see the outside, see the world. He, uh... It just says one-on-one combat, and Putin can bring his bear. Putin has a bear? He's got a bear. Of course he does, man. He's Russian. Is, is Putin the, the Earth Kingdom uh, king with the bear? Could be. Mm. I wonder how many parallels we can draw from Avatar and what's going on in the world do right you know, now. Do you know after Fire Lord Ozai died, the like Fire Nation and the, the, the um, Earth Nation, like six months later, fought again? Why? In a series of battles. Is that like lore between Avatar and yeah. Korra? Yeah. They get mad. How, it, it, it was explaining how the Fire Nation and the four nations all became became one together in that big city for Legend of Korra. Oh, yeah. yeah it's What's like it a called? lead up to Cabbage it. something. Uh, Cabbage, uh, Cabbage Corp? Cabbage Corp. Cabbage Corp. Yeah, Cabbage Corp becomes huge and takes over everything. Have you seen Korra? No. Dude, oh, man. Oh, you're missing out. You're missing out. Missing out. It's so good. Missing I like out. It. Wait, the guy who sells cabbage ends up creating a, a conglomerate. Did you ever bro. watch Avatar The Last Airbender? Yeah. I know like him, all of but it? literally he like always... He's just, just mad about his cabbages. He just gets My mad because everyone keeps destroying his cabbages. Yeah, yeah, no, no. He figures it out, man. He becomes quite the businessman. Wow. Good for him. Yeah. Yep. Good for him. Would yeah. you say that Korra is better or worse than the Batman? It's worse. Worse. It's worse than the Batman? Uh, The movie? Yeah. Which Batman are we talking about? The one you just saw. I didn't see it. They didn't see it. They I were all sold you. out. I told you like oh, twice. Oh, you did tell me. You did tell <laughs> me. They were all sold out, man. All sold out. He was a trick of my dad. Yeah. How'd just, that go? It was great, did man. You, did you at least do like a Batman like impersonation? Well, I walked into the house. And the I first... was born in the fire. <laughs> Bread by it. <laughs> um, yeah. I, the first thing I did, well, I went to my laundry real quick, walked inside, and... Uh, 
he already had two shots poured out. My guy. So, all right. So we had we had some shots, and then started drinking some Daltinis, um, the OGs, the OGs now, and then uh, went out, got tenderloin, which is good. It's a little. What is it? Tenderloin How do you is a, tenderloin, it's man? a it's a it's a steak joint. It's a, it's a good shit, man. And the average age of this place is eighty seven. Sixty to eighty. Nope, nope, eighty seven. All right. Um and we've been going there since we were little kids. Yeah. Foods, great. Service, all right. Uh booths, very uncomfortable, but you deal with it. The steak the steak's good. Steak's so good. A little Can't go wrong steak. with it. Yeah, man. A little specialty mm-hmm. steak. It's just it was perfect for, for lunch, man. Dalton used to like it because when we would go, he could order Shirley Temples. And they gave me like... They gave him like a shit ton of cherries every time. Every time I, when I ordered it, as they were walking away, Dad said, oh, can you put extra cherries in those? And I was like, God, you know me so well. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Dalton would sit there and eat all the cherries and he'd get a stomach ache. My stomach hurts. And my mom would be like, you ate all the cherries. And he's like, they're good, Mom. <laughs> <laughs> I get addicted to those things. All the time. Yeah. All the time. But then the one gets in the bottom and you're fucking fighting it out and you can't get the damn cherry that's so, a problem. But you saw Batman, right? I did see Batman. Did you not like scale it? Of, scale of 1 to 11. What should we expect for our from our point of view? Should, what, what's our scale going to be? From your point of view? Yeah. Would, would you recommend that I go and sit for three hours and watch it? You know me well enough. Yes. Yeah? Okay. Because it's a detective story. Oh. And there's like riddles and like a mystery you have to solve. I did, think that would keep you engaged the whole time. Did you solve it before it was done? No. Oh, really? No. I'm not going to figure it out then. Well, you're the smart one. Wait, so you're telling me if I go and I figure it out, I'm smarter than you? You are. Hell yeah. Okay, I'm going to figure this out. Just Google it before you want Although, end. should I tell you that you guys won't like it and you won't get it if I, I really want you to go you, see it? Tell us whatever you wanted us wanted to tell us. You're oh, no, no. Guy. This isn't, this isn't, like, this a isn't Elden like Elden Ring. No, that was a very random, unique situation. Don't like it for the tone. Yeah. 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 He's your emo boy. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, he's not wrong. But the action in. is very, very good. And there's, and there's skulls in there. You'll probably just... It is the kind of movie... You, but. <laughs> skulls. But. <laughs> uh, who's Matt Reeves? That is the director. Oh, nice. I thought uh, Robert Patterson's like Batman, right? Yes. Camera going, David? Um, How'd you know? I don't know. I felt something. Nice. Been working on that energy. You know, it's probably... He has this... Uh, this, uh, no, I set off an alarm on Monday. I drove up. You set off an alarm? Yeah. Oh, no. Last Monday. Sorry. Not, not today. Um, and I I drove to go unlock a building. And as I drove up and got out of my car, the minute I stepped out, the alarm started going off. And this has never happened since I've worked there. And I don't know what the fuck happened. I ran over there, unlocked the door, and turned off the alarm before the cops started coming. And uh, it was okay, but. How do you know that you sent it off? Set it off. Well, I had it. You know that that's one of my buildings, so I had to make sure that there's nothing, nobody in there, and there could be kids. So I checked the whole building. All the doors were locked shut. Nothing was open. Nothing was moved. And I know how the building normally looks, so I didn't see anything that would trigger it. Sounds like someone was trying to say, "What's up?" I'm surprised you would go to your energy before going to ghosts. Yeah, yeah, I would definitely do me first because I know. I know there's like there's definitely something in the elementary building, but that shit that shit creeps me out every time. Yeah. What? Yeah, it stares out the window. As like I, when I drive off, I could see its head. Hi, Dalton. But it doesn't it doesn't bother me when I'm in there. That's good. Yeah. It doesn't bother you when you're in there. 
It's just, just when you're outside. It. Yeah. Every once in a while. It says what's up. Yeah. Send deuces, you know. It's having a good time. Yeah, so that's been weird. So, David, but, there. Oh, sorry. Go no, for it. go ahead. Please. Were, were you going to do the same no, thing? I want you to, yes. Probably. This one? Yes, absolutely. So, David, what if I told you. I just want to know why you think we're going to talk, why we, we should talk about this. David, what if I told you that if you ever died, don't worry. I can give you something that'll make you the swine you've always been. I'll give you a pig's heart. Fuck, dude. I, I, he got you good. You yeah. Know? How do you feel right now? I, Torn down, depressed, sad, angry. Yeah. I'm kind of I just like do. a little surprised. I'm like, wow, you knew the word swine. <laughs> <laughs> That's why we do dictionary with Dave. Come on, Dave. <laughs> we practice this every week. Uh, you want to fill me in on this first pig heart transplant yeah, I completed? I, I thought I had put the link in there. Oh, well. He, Keep this all in. He died. Oh, shit. Yep. <laughs> oh, Literally the ninth. So that's how long this has been in here. Um, and so it the was heart an just gave out? So uh, I think so. Did they? Yeah. I was going to ask if they said why. Uh, <clears throat> it was an experiment. Like I said, I mean, it was the first one to ever happen. So obviously it was an experiment. Um, but yeah, they wanted to see if they could use... He was ineligible for a human heart transplant. That's why they didn't use someone else's heart. And he was on life support. So they were like, this is the last chance. Maybe the only option if you want to try it. There's no guarantee that it'll work. Um, and so they took a pig's heart because I think is the closest in size to a human. And then they edited the genes modifying some and then adding human genes to it basically to get the body to accept it and not reject it. Mm -hmm. And I'm guessing it probably just didn't last long enough before they, before they were started rejecting it. Uh, But it did work. For Uh, a few days. Yeah. The last one, the last time that they tried putting an animal heart into someone was in an infant who had a a baboon's heart. Oh, wow. Did, Did that one take? That one was that one lived twenty one days. Okay. Yeah. And this, this one guy lived two months. Two months. All right. So about sixty days. That's wild. That that sucks for the family. Oh yeah. Could you imagine? Like you have to like you know somehow come to terms with the fact that your kid's not going to make it, and then there's this like glimmer of hope, and it works out for twenty one days, and then it just doesn't work. That sucks. But I yeah. think you. Go in with knowing the risk. Yeah, yeah. I'm, sure says, they, I'm sure they warn you plenty. It says they use pig skin grafts all the time, and they use pig heart valves mm. as like pieces, but never the full thing. So I wonder if that means that like once they figure out how to do this for you know the long term, I wonder if there's gonna be like a hierarchy of animal hearts that you can afford. You know what I mean? Like, um, how do I put this? Like, you're doing a good job. Like, I don't know. The the rich and wealthy will be able to afford a unicorn's heart, right? We're gonna like put that on yeah. the one end of the spectrum. But then, like, you know, the the you know lower end of the poverty poverty scale, they can only afford you know a pig's heart. You know, like what what other animals are in there? Hmm. I mean, I think the the ultimate goal is to get stem cells to just basically recreate Repair your heart. Your heart yeah. 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 Um, it's crazy to me, though, that, like, 
you can modify like the sentence you were like yeah like they just you know modified the gene so the body could take it yeah that that shit's weird if that doesn't tell you that this is just a giant game you know what i mean yeah giant game of sims giant game of sims hacking essentially like hacking into like, genes and changing it. Yeah, whoever's playing us just decided, you know, these two guys need a podcast, so we're gonna make them do it every day, every every every, every other week, every other week, every week, every other week. Well, once a week, and then other episode is a mini episode. I mean, but interview. that's been around for a while. I mean, like that's the whole issue of designer babies. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. If you could, if you could pick your baby, would you? I don't. I would still leave some off to chance. I don't know where you guys at. I would take out all the options i would filter out all the you know um it's gonna sound as bad as it but like all the disease diseases that the baby could be born with Mm. i don't know i i wouldn't i don't think i would no i don't think i would why maybe there's just some things that are more beautiful natural i just think very bad things happen when you try to play god Uh uh-huh you know like, I don't think that ever ends well. Yeah. You know? I, I want to respect that. What's that? Is that look at Jurassic Park. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, my gosh. Case in point, what if they start to use dinosaur hearts as transplants? Then we become Jurassic Park. <gasps> what if I become a T-Rex? You would never be a T-Rex. What do you think it would be? Stegosaurus. Stegosaurus. Yeah. Fuck you. I want to be a Stegosaurus. Stegosaurus. You'd be like a... I'd be a Stegosaurus too. No, I'd probably just be a turtle. I'd be, it wouldn't be nothing cool. No, nah, you'd be like a creepy-ass, like, old sea turtle. You think so? Yeah. would be wise, though. Yeah. What kind of dinosaur would David be? Dinosaur. I mean, <laughs> David would be... <laughs> oh, no. Da- what's David the, would be a Stegosaurus. What's the dinosaur in Land Before Time? The main guy? Brontosaurus? Yeah, that would yeah, be a Brontosaurus. Yeah, you'd be a Brontosaurus. Yeah. I don't have a thick neck. Long neck. <laughs> Not Dick there, guy. David. Not no, there. No, it's because you don't you don't want to do this when we work out. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh man. Actually, how's your neck feeling? It feels great. Feel I'm, better? Yeah, I'm still thinking just like on the all the ethical conundrums that come with like designer babies and stuff. There's a lot. Because then you get like you get children that could grow up and be like, "Why didn't you let me be natural?" And then you could have children that grow up and be like, "You could have fixed this. Why didn't you?" Yep. And these are all just the children asking. Yeah. That's rough. Like, as a parent, like, you have to sit with that, you know? And there are people who, you know, just double down, like, you know, I'm going to let nature do its thing. And you got to be okay with that and the consequences that come with that later, you know, for better or worse. Yeah. Yeah. But on a lighter note, like, that guy was, like, 57. He wasn't that old. Because uh, I was thinking, one of the first things I thought about was, like, what if, this, lighter note, what, if this kid, what if this kid was, like, a, what if it was, like, a kid that was, like, in third grade? And it, like, went perfectly fine. And he just, like, had to live the rest of his life with his pig heart now. And, like, he's going into, like, third, fourth grade. And then someone finds out that he's got a pig heart inside of him. And they're, like, hey, piggy, piggy. Hey, piggy, piggy. Uh, oink, oink, oink. That's oink. the best that a fourth grader could come up with. <laughs> <laughs> that's, if I was a fourth grade, that's what I would say. Dude, me, me and Don and Monique were talking about this earlier, like about like getting bullied in like elementary school or like middle school. Kids are fucking brutal, dude. Yeah. They're mean. Yeah. Kids are fucking mean. They say they just pick, they pick what's true. Yeah. And like, you just, all right, you just got to deal with it. Is it worse? Is it better or worse that there's no like poetry to the insult? It's just cold, hard facts. I think it's better. It's not facts, David. Like it'll be like it'll be like third, it's not fourth. Facts. Gr- 
It's, I think it's better because it's just like it's it's just one and done. You just get smacked across the face with it, and it stings really bad, and you gotta you know live with it. As opposed to like somebody says something to you, and you're like, oh, thank you, right? And you walk away because they put it in a way where you think it's a compliment. Then you're sitting there, and like six years later, you're in the shower, and then you think about it, and then you like you understand <laughs> it, and you're like, fucking bitch, like what the hell? But then you can't confront them about it because it's been six years and now you're living in your own condo with fuck your that. girlfriend and your brother and like taking a shower. Like, you know, what the fuck? You know what? Can shoot, I be honest? Should be straight, man. <laughs> Can I be honest with you? What's up? There was a time in second grade I got bullied pretty hard by two people. Um, Is it Matt? Yeah, Matt Mark. <laughs> <laughs> no, not me. No. Uh, two of his, his best friend and. One of, one of my best friends, yeah. And, He's um, now the godfather of, of his yeah. friend's child. Yeah, this is before they made up. <laughs> um, and uh, they would bully me every day in the playground, right? Every day, and then one day they like started kicking me and punching me. I didn't know what to do. I was just super frustrated. And then I met this kid named Bradley, and Bradley was like a little like punk kid, just angry and just like will fight anything. And I became best friends with Bradley. And we, no, he, they didn't fuck with me again because I was hanging <laughs> out with Bradley. And so that's when I started hanging out with like all like the mean kids because I was like, <laughs> I know I'm not going to get fucked with if I'm with them. So third grade, fourth grade, and fifth grade, I mainly hung out with them. Well, third grade and fourth grade, fifth grade is different. But third grade, for like those few years, I mainly just hung out with that group and never, never got bullied again because of it. Except when I got into high school, but that's different, you know? Nice. I don't understand how you guys were getting in fights. At such a young age. You disagree. Why does that immediately go to a fight? It's a lot easier. I think I, I think because a lot of times people fight, like, you lack the, at least at that point in, in your life, like, you lack the communication skills to express how you actually feel. Yeah. Right? And then, you know, you see the older kids do it, so you just assume, oh, if you're mad at somebody... This is what happens, you know, and like for me, like, you know, I, I got bullied and like, it was just something of the point where it's like, I would just get so mad that I would be like, I would rather get beat up Mm -hmm. than live in fear. I would rather just get my ass kicked than be nervous. Yeah. Beat the shit out of me. So I know that you're right. So at least it's done. Like it can't get worse after that. You know, what if you lose and then they continue to keep saying stuff about you? Because you just need to hit them once. Like, it was always one of those things where it's like, if you stood up to somebody, nine times out of ten, they'd be like, oh, you, you can't fuck with them. And, and then they leave you alone. They were, I, I mean, I have experience where I'd get my ass kicked. Two days later, they'd be running their mouth again. I'd be like, are, are we doing this again? <laughs> like, you know, and then it happens again. And But, like, you know, after a while, it just kind of gets to a point where it's like, you're either tired of being disciplined by the school or it's like you just understand that, like, this is just not somebody you can do that with. Yeah. You know? Yeah. What um, what hurt more when you'd get insulted or like or like made fun of by your bullies or your friends? Your friends, your friends, yeah. Because you don't really care what bullies think; they're just assholes, right? But then, like, if it's your friend, like, this is supposed to be your your friend. Like, they're supposed to support you in that, you know. And it's al- know? it's always a little more pointed because they know more about you, uh-huh. you know. So it's always like a little deeper. You're like, what the yeah. fuck? Like, you're not supposed to talk like say that about me, you know? And then like. You say something back because you know them well too. Then it ends up in this giant like you know. I had a problem a lot where I was like, I make friends and they would be like assholes to me, 
You were and the I, butt of the of I was the always group. the butt of the joke or something, and I couldn't understand why. Like, I didn't know. I thought it was always me. Like, it's just me. Like, I'm, like, maybe I just give off this vibe that, like, I'm okay to fuck with or something. Like, I don't know what it is. So, I, I never figured it out in high school. And then I realized, I was like, it's just other people that are just having a hard time with life or, you know, they they see something in you that they want, but they don't know how to achieve that. You know, so they take things out on you because they have a personal aggression. Either that or, or they see something that you do that reminds them of something they have in, in themselves mm-hmm. and they don't like it. So it kind of causes them to react a certain way, you know, yep. little triggers. Yeah. But, you know, that's how you learn. Yeah. I'm okay with it. Yeah. Part of life. Um, there was this TikTok that we ended up sending to each other that I wanted you guys to respond to. Let me see if we can just listen to it. I just watched a video and the songwriting was so good it devastated me. I maybe want to quit trying. They're just more talented than you, so what? There's always someone who's better than you. I know, but it's like in my best moments when I'm in the thick of writing something and it's all coming together, in those moments I feel like like a genius, or at least, you know, among the best. And then I'll see something that crushes the illusion. So if you can't see yourself as one of the best, it's not worthwhile doing. I guess part of what keeps me going is the belief that I'm good at it, even if it's a delusion. Otherwise, I don't feel like writing. Sounds to me like you want to be seen as great by others, that you're not content just being good. That's not a bad thing. You just got to give your ego a rest. My ego is the driving force behind anything I create. My biggest fear is confusing greatness with mediocrity. Maybe you're already doing that. Maybe. I guess you're just trapped between moments of feeling great and moments of feeling worthless. Which moment are we in now? Were you listening to any of that? There's a lot of words, man. Fucking say it. They were. (laughs) I'm I'm fucking confused. I don't know what what the fuck he was talking about half the time. Um, I think that's that's. It reminds me of this saying that I I, was it. Ruben told me. Someone told me. Um, it's like it goes something like. You may not be able to be everything you want to be, but you can be everything that you are. And I think that's kind of what that message is saying, right? Like we talked about it, you know, last week with Shane, like comparison is the thief of joy, right? And I think, you know, in the context of the video, they're talking about, uh, you know, writing music. And when you're writing it, you feel so good, but then you hold it up to these standards and of, you know, these other artists and, you know, all of a sudden you feel shitty and, you know, mediocrity is terrifying. Like I think about it every day. Like it's scary. Like I don't want to be mediocre. I want to be everything but that. But the problem is, is that when you're scared of mediocrity, you become mediocre because you begin to walk as if your feet are in quicksand, you know, it's hard to move and you end up struggling to quickly, you know, get yourself out and try and find a, a way out when in reality you just have to relax and you'll get out, you know? And I think that a lot of times we compare ourselves and especially now when we're comparing ourselves, we're comparing ourselves to a portrayal of somebody's life that isn't necessarily realistic. I don't want to call it fake because like they are there taking those pictures and doing those things, but there's no time perception, right? Somebody posts the picture of, you know, their trip that they took three years ago in the summer. But like when you see it, you just assume that they're there right then and now. Right. And you're like, while well, you're at your cubicle or you're at your job or whatever. 
But when you're creating art or you're doing something that you love, I think when you start to love the process, the fear of mediocrity kind of goes away because you start to love the journey in and of itself, you know? And so I actually, um, I listened to a podcast. It's called The Secrets of My Success. It's, uh, there's a, it's a motivational speaker. His name's E.T., the hip hop preacher. Badass dude. Cool. Uh, I like that name. Super cool dude. But so they were talking about it and this is super fascinating to me. So they talk about basically doing what you can with where you're at, right? And understanding that like we're doing things now to build a future, but we may have all the raw materials that we need right now, but we just haven't built the house yet. And the way that they talk about this is they bring up the story of the three little pigs, right? And they have the, the first pig builds his house with, what was it, sticks? Hey. Hey. So, and then the last pig builds his house with stone or bricks or whatever, right? And the way the story is laid out, I always assume that they, the houses were built at the same time, right? But let's assume that that wasn't the case. And it might not be, actually. I don't, I haven't heard the, the story in a long time. But he said, he's like, I wonder if there was a point where the pig that had all the bricks before the, it was actually built was looking at the pig that had the house of hay and was like, man, that guy's got it figured out. Like, look, this is, this is all that I have. I just got some bricks. I just got a found. I have land. He's like, I don't have anything, but they have it all because look at, they've got that house. But then they go throughout the process and they start to build this house. And sure enough, he ends up with this house of, of, of brick, but it's not the house of hay that he had originally seen and idolized. Right. But then Life happens and wind comes or the big bad wolf comes or whatever it is and they blow the house down. But then they come over to the the house that was made from the raw materials that this pig just had to use and it becomes this strong foundation. Why? Because he finally stopped looking at the, the pig that had the house of hay and just used what he had with where he was at. And I think if we all were to do more of that, the masterpieces that we can create in and of itself wouldn't even be mediocre i think it would be something that maybe not everybody would understand but i think that there's a select amount of people that would be able to see the beauty that comes from that thing because mediocrity like we put it on the scale that it's like it's it's a blanket right mediocrity is this level but like what may seem mediocre to somebody somebody probably fought all their life to get to and if you talk to them about it they're incredibly proud of it it's not mediocre at all because you don't know what the fuck it took for them to get to where they're at so it's kind of like interesting to me to, to hear it put like that you know um but i think the self-delusion that comes from when we see people that are like yeah like i have it all or they you know it, it makes people that are still in the process of building and finding themselves along that journey it makes it a little difficult for them because it's like you know you just have your raw materials and you're just not at that time in that phase of your journey yet blew me away matt drum feel me that was awesome that was really cool I mean, that, that's kind of rambling and like just thinking out loud, but like that's kind of what I think. No, that was that, that was, was more intriguing than the video, to be honest to me. <laughs> I'm sorry that I lost it after like the first like 10 seconds. I think you just need to watch I it. I think you got I think you got fixated on the music. Yeah. And you possibly. stopped listening to the words that were being said. Possibly. Uh, my only question about that is the, is the it kind of sticks you then in a sense of fortunate fortune for the the pig that had the bricks because yeah he was able to make something with what he had and it worked out 
but then it makes it seem like you know the the pig with the hay he also was just working with what he had and he did the same amount of work and it didn't work out because his raw materials weren't um, strong enough the the way that they were putting this in the um the podcast itself was um less about it was more about watering your own grass in a lot of ways yeah but also too like the hay the way that they were talking about the the house that was built with hay was that it was done quickly yeah it's like you're trying to get quick uh, rich quick okay as opposed to the laying down the layers of the brick is going to take much much longer but they would they want something now so the hay is going to be the quickest way to put it up he's got the bricks but he's like i should just go i should go for the hay because it'd be done soon because it'll be yeah yeah uh, so the video is talking a lot about how when you're writing, when you're in the midst of it, you feel like it's going to be amazing. And the second you stop and look at other things, you feel like it's worthless. And there's really never that uh, mid middle ground. It's usually one or the other. Yeah, it's ex- extreme. And it's that sense of like looking at yourself and you're like you. It's always about the feeling of the product rather than the actual state of it. And so, you know, how do you feel about that kind of obstacle and conflict that goes through your mind? I love that. I think it, I think for a lot of us, we always compare and contrast everything, including with like social issues, Mm -hmm. you know? And I think Matthew hit it best with social media. It's like that, that fucked me up for a long time too. I thought I was always behind, I always felt behind. Um, I kind of got to a point where I just stopped giving a fuck and was like, I don't, that, that that's not me. I, I can't control it. And then I kind of lost a lot of that. Those little issues that it would bother me sometimes. Um, but I think we all still have it, you know, yeah. uh, but it's how you live with it. I think is what makes it different. So I think Matthew hit it, said it best. So I was thinking specifically watching that I was reminded of, you doing art and there was a big time in your life you wanted to be a concept artist you want to do all this stuff and you took your classes and things but you know you're especially taking classes for art you're literally surrounded by other people's artwork yeah and so you know did you suffer from that kind of self-delusion i guess or, or that fear of mediocrity when you know what you're capable of and you know what you're producing versus the teacher who's got this crazy portfolio and these other artists who maybe you know started when they were six and so they're at a different level than you are farther advanced i remember the first day of class for art school i was so nervous i almost shit my pants and ended up shitting at a target next to it which is actually this one it was oh yeah yeah it's funny um i was so nervous and uh i was the last person in the class to draw something on the board because they would call everyone up to introduce themselves and then they would give them an animal to draw and they gave me a donkey. <laughs> I remember this. And I, I fucking, I got up and I was like, hi, my name's Dalton Drum. Um, I work at a school, but, you know, I would really love to pursue concept art at some point in time. And they're like, oh, nice. Awesome. And I was like, yeah. So they're like, draw a donkey. So I walk over there and I'm like, the fuck do donkeys even look like? I don't know. I never thought about, like, I've spent all my time drawing monsters and, you know, like little like scenery stuff. I'd never really spent the time to actually draw like an actual animal. So had it was literally <laughs> a stick and circles. <laughs> and it was so bad. It was so bad. 
And I remember looking at it and looking at the rest of the board, and everyone has these amazing drawings. And mine was in the fucking middle. They, they had saved the middle for me. And I was like, that was the day where I realized I was like, holy fuck, I don't think I can do this. And then it fucked me up for like the next, the, that whole semester. Cause the rest of the time I was just like, this isn't possible. Like I can't do this. I was so negative. Cause I was like, I was always comparing off of that one thing. I was yeah. like, I couldn't get it. There was a day where things started to finally click. And I started really realizing that I had, I had something and I understood more like dynamic drawing and was like getting into it and I loved it. But I think there was also a point where my intention to become a concept artist was blocking a lot of things for me and I was cutting off a lot of things and I was pursuing it for not the reasons of myself, but for the reasons of somebody else. Mm. And I wanted to show them I could be successful and I could be everything that they wanted me to be while doing something that I loved. Okay. You know? So once that was off the table, whenever I would try to draw after that time, I would just, I would, I would just be reminded of like, like the bullshit I put myself through just mm-hmm. to fucking get there and be like quit for the wrong reasons. And, it was, it was more of a, like, it kind of became like more of a trauma to me because I couldn't figure out how to draw again for a really long time. Yeah. It was just always connected to that person. Yeah. So I had to, like, I haven't drawn since then. And I've been thinking about drawing recently, actually, just getting back into it. But it, it was a, it was such an emotional portion of my life that I put into my art and that I put into how I was feeling. And I really portrayed it in what I wanted to draw. And I realized that it was almost hard for me and painful to draw again because of those things. So, you know, you live and you learn, but that was definitely, that's probably the biggest example I have for comparing. Yeah. You know, it was, it's fucked me up, dude. So did you always want to keep your art just a hobby? Did you want to make it a career? I think that's when I realized I wanted it mainly for me. Okay. Yeah. And I, and I, it's not that I don't want to like, do something with it you know like we still have our ideas on working on stuff and i i would love to make that a make that like a goal of mine for my life you know is to make something of mine i've always wanted to do that Mm -hmm. and i know we have the 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 we can definitely do it together you know i think we've always been planning it so there's still things i want to do but maybe it doesn't have to have to happen right now and that's okay you know but it will eventually and i don't know if i like self-delusion of greatness where it's like if you're doing the best that you can in that moment for that ability, like that is your that is your your greatest thing that you can do on the grand scheme of things. When you start to compare it, it might not be, but like self delusion of greatness, like it just kind of I don't know. It it might be, and that's get, the title of the video. You get but what I'm it trying might, to say it though, might right? be, yeah, and that's where I think it's. I think the self delusion is actually applying itself to the mediocrity, mm. because you feel like you're doing great work, and you could be. But the fact that then you go and compare it and you convince yourself that it's just mediocre or it's not good enough is the self-delusion half of it. Yeah. Rather than deluding yourself into thinking you're producing something Mm -hmm. good. I think it's actually the opposite way. But uh, yeah, that is kind of insulting to, to, to have a video that's like, oh, you think you're doing good? No, you're not. Yeah. You know, and, and I don't know. I think perspective is everything, you know uh that ruben um he has a a parable i know it's not his but i don't know where he got it from but i'm gonna steal it um 
and it, it's about perspective. And he brought it up today on the sales call, and he tells me it all the time because I'm somebody that like I need I need people to pull my head up from under the sand because like in my day to day work, like I it's day in day out tasks, and sometimes I need people to help. Like, hey, you 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 want to be here, but take a second and look how far you've come, and remember why you're doing all of this, right? So the parable goes like this: there's one, there's a lady, someone walking down the street. And there's three people. They're all laying bricks, and they're building something, right? And so this person goes up to the the first Were brick. They pigs? No, no pigs this time. Uh, they go up to the first brick layer and then go, "Hey, what are you doing?" And the guy looks at him. He's like, "I'm I'm laying bricks. Like, what what the hell does it look like I'm doing?" And he says, "All right, for sure." He takes a couple steps. Goes to the second brick layer. He goes, "Hey, man, uh, what are you up to? Or like, what are you, what are you doing?" And he goes, "Oh, I'm building a church." He's like, "Oh, nice, man." He goes, "Yeah, it's pretty cool, huh?" Yeah. So he continues working and he walks over to the third guy and he goes, hey, like, what are you up to? Like, what are you doing? And he goes, I'm building the house of God. Right? Three people all doing the same job. All three had different entitlement to what they were doing. But it's the perspective of everything that I think changed the tone and the way that they went about it. Right? So I think if you have somebody that's creating art, because they're trying to appease another party or they're trying to make money for these certain things. If that is your goal, your perspective is shifted, right? It becomes, oh, I'm doing it for this, right? As opposed to when it's like, well, why are you doing this? You know, and it's like, you know, I'm building the house of God. Like I want to do, I want to make this this art book. And this art book is going to be able to help kids understand how to use colors to communicate their feelings. And each character is going to have these different like it it becomes so much more but at the same time when it like if you're looking at like that like that's your greatest work but a lot of times we're like well i'm trying to draw this fucking pig to to tell these kids what anger is you know what i mean that in and of itself doesn't sound too appealing right yeah and especially if like you're working on one thing that takes you forever to get done think about bricklaying it's right like it's it's the same act over and over and it's repetitive right drawing the same working on the same piece of art day in and day out trying to get the lines right trying to get the shading right trying to get the the proper uh like angles of light that are coming in right like that shit's exhausting like you're so zoomed in on the pixels of something Mm -hmm. that like you get caught up in it right but you sometimes you got to zoom out and be like this is actually what i'm doing and that might be your greatest work yeah you know what i mean and i think that's special and i think that that's something that like i struggle with all the fucking time but i think too like i think perspective is everything you know um for better or worse right like you can there's people that see the bigger picture and they freak the fuck out you know but i'm not one of those people and i think it'd be a benefit a lot of people to like check their perspective on things Woo. yeah i'm so i that makes that's interesting to me to think that some people need to see that bigger picture to get motivation and then other people get overwhelmed by the bigger picture mm-hmm. and need that micro, you know, there's some people that get frustrated on the pig and it's like, well, I'm making a children's book to do this and this and this. And there's some people that are like, I'm making a children's book, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, Hey, you're making a pig. Mm-hmm. You're drawing a pig right now. Yeah. It's literally just two different sides, but they can both. And, and if you're ever uh, like a, a leader of a team of any kind, you need to understand what motivates people, right? Like, Ruben knows me really well. I need to see the bigger picture. I need to like, kind of at least visualize it 
because I know if I can visualize it, I can make it happen. He gets that. He makes sure that he picks my, he helps me see the bigger picture most of the time. But I also understand oh, it's going to be the day to day, take each and every single step to get there. Right. And there's other people that can't do that. And it just kind of like depends on the person. And, you know, hopefully if you guys are in a leadership position, like take some time to sit and understand your staff or understand the people that work with you and what does motivate them. You can see when somebody lights up, you know, you, you, I know, you know, and cater to that, help them. Help them see what they need to see in order to to move forward. Just not even for the job, if you want to put it in that sense, right? That's just, I'm comfortable talking about that. That's yeah. what most of my life revolves around. But like, if you can put it in perspective for them in a way that they can see it best, it everybody wins, you know? Yeah, I agree. Dalton, what, uh, what are you squaring up with? Bro. Wait, let me see if it's still there. Oh. Your tattoo? It's still there. No, I'm not screwing up my tattoo. Um, but uh, for, fuck, I forgot. I was gonna, it was gonna be good too. I thought I had something to do with my hands. No, I don't know what it is. Didn't you have a cut or something on your on one of your palms? No. No, I remember. I think I told you what it was. Mm-hmm. I told you what it was, and I can't remember what it was. Go ahead, Matt. What are you squaring up with? I'm squaring up with Dalton's fingers. So, and I'm also squaring up with Ernesto. So, ever since Dalton has this job that he has, his fingers have become little knives. It's very similar to Ernesto's, and I think it's like some weird ritual that they give you when you sign up for this job. Um, Dalton decided to try to manhandle me the other day, and guys, it fucking worked. I did not put up much of a fight. It is what it is. I'm, it, I'm here to, I've never lied to you. I'm not going to start now. <laughs> I got pushed against the wall. I had fucking talons digging into my ribs, and it was painful. It was painful. I tried everything I could to get out. I tell you, my my older hands. my older brother ego got shattered that day. <laughs> it fucking did. Twelve year old Matt, I am sorry. We failed. <laughs> uh, no, I think work just re- requires a lot of like. Do they make you sharpen it? No, you just you learn how to avoid and how to use somebody else's body against them. So by sharpening your nails. No, I, my my he's not talking about my nails being sharp, David. It's just fucking sharp just fingers. My fingers just get there. Oh, like they just hold. Oh, you they know don't how like a like pressure point. Yeah. He's a bruja. Oh, I Seriously. thought you were talking about like the nails were no, sharp yeah, not, like, not in, the, like in polo. Yeah, no, no, like I'm no, not like God, I'm no. not like hurting Matthew's making you seem like I'm hurting the kids. In no way am I hurting the no, kids. No, Don's not hurting the children, he's just hurting no, 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 But hurting, I was just yeah, I was able to you know, to express it more with Matthew and actually dig in there. I don't know what to do, man. I tried to kick him in the nuts at one point. I got Matthew to choke himself with his Out elbow. Pure desperation, man. I've never had it. I've never been manhandled like that. Yeah, you learn a thing too when kids try to fight you every day. Do you remember your square up? I have no idea. What, what are you squaring up with this week, Cheese? I'm squaring up with the housing market. Nice. Uh, I would appreciate a crash anytime soon. Um, it's just, it's so expensive for anything and everything. And it's kind of ridiculous. And I hate all of it. And I don't want to even think about it anymore all right so don't right. try and get an apartment anyone anytime soon well thanks david real inspirational talks over here after talking about mediocrity <laughs> and all that whatever greatness perspective at least you're able to look exactly and that's where i was like i think at this point i'm just like let's wait for something to show up at our front door yeah rather it, than it's still frustrating exactly oh it's so frustrating. rather than trying to look for something now sucks. yeah, uh, yeah Matt, that sucks dude what was your whoa dude my whoa dude My woe dude was the whole pig hay story 
Three Little Pigs. There's fucking when hearing it. Yeah, when they put it in perspective, I was like, when they started talking about, I'm like, I never thought about that. I was like, holy shit. Yeah, I, I'm gonna keep going on, but that that's my woe dude of the week. Uh, Dot, what's your woe dude? Um, I got to drive one of my kids home uh, last Friday, and I did I did again today, and um, he he never he's never heard of Nirvana or Led Zeppelin or Ozzy or Metallica or like any bands that like me Matthew grew up a lot listening to for most of our life, and um, so he's been having to go through this adventure <laughs> where I make him listen to the best songs that were ever made in the world of rock. And I make him listen to everything and he can't get out of it. I mean, he enjoys it. He's a good sport about it. But um, I always like, I tell him like history about the song, how it was made and like what artists like are, are best in it. And it's, it's just, it's a good time. So I, I enjoy showing him that. And he seemed to have fun about it. He was, he brought it up the next day to one of his right. staff. So that's you're cool. Gonna, you're getting to share the next generation. With... It was just crazy to me. Like, how do you not know who Led Zeppelin is? These youngins that's, don't know anything. That's, nowadays. that's a like lot Def of people Leopard, now. Like, what the fuck? Like, yeah. how do you not know what Def Leppard is? No, you're the youngest one here, but sometimes I think you're the oldest. I'm just, I'm sorry. It just boggles my mind. So, yeah. I mean, we still grew up with VHSs and cassette tapes. Yeah, and we did. Floppy disks. I miss VHS tapes, man. Floppy that was an experience. Disc. And the smell, remember the smell of VHS tape? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where were you getting your VHS tapes? No, you like never, the plastic, you like you open it. Your VHS tapes when you open I remember the, the crink. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I remember that, not the plastic so yeah. much. Well, what's your woe dude, David? Uh, my woe dude is, uh, again, not as happy. There was a plane from China. <laughs> Jesus Christ. There was a plane from China that just nosedived. <gasps> yeah. Oh, shit. Whoa. It was like just flying at 30,000 feet, and then they found a video. It just completely 30-second drop straight down. It was a Boeing, so another L for Boeing. Nice. Um, and I was just like, Jesus Christ! And I wonder why that happened. Did, did it crash? Did they save it? it? No, it crashed. Nice. No, like they they was flames and up and and Everyone. like six hundred people had to go and respond to it. Uh, but yeah, the only reason they knew something went wrong is because like they just stopped responding. Damn, that's yeah. so weird. That's no, crazy. Mm-hmm. That's oh my gosh, I'm so sorry for all those people. Uh, Dot, what got you stuck this week? Um, I guess it's I guess my next piece. Of work. This is you what get it tomorrow, right? Well, yeah. This, I mean, they haven't seen this one yet. Yeah, they have. Have they? Yeah. I thought it was this one they saw. Had they not? No. Oh shoot, mm. that was a long time ago. Yeah. I mean, like two weeks ago. Yeah. Well, here's when the thing. My show is Dal- still going. Dalton's gonna have three tattoos within what a month and a half. Yeah. Yeah. I'm getting this piece. I should be getting my back of my forearm done. Um. I, you know what? I'll be honest. I know the triceps gonna hurt like a bitch, so I'm avoiding that motherfucker <laughs> for as long as I can. Um, so I'm gonna get that this piece done, and then maybe something the week after for spring break, just because I'm off. I can yeah. get during the day and stuff. Nice. So we'll see. But I'm excited. I've, I'm excited for just getting tattoos and being able to like go on go on a vacation and just relax for a week, because I'm I'm pretty burnt out of work right now. I need a I need a good break just from everything so i'm pretty pumped for that too just to kind of get my meditation game back up and i've been doing it maybe every other day not every day as consistent as i'd like nice just because i wake up so fucking tired sometimes i'm just fucking tired man it's been a lot of it's been a fucking go 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 so what about you david what got you stoked this week oh i started a new book called uh be water my friend do you like it do you not like it doesn't matter you're gonna finish it the daughter of bruce lee shannon lee oh it's just a book on on her father's philosophies bro like, cool. have, you, and have you read bruce lee's philosophies 
there's, there's a book called Bruce Lee's Philosophies. Not that one. It's so good. No, but I'm loving this one already. Wow. This one already so seems like another you. book to have in my stack with like yeah. Ego is the Enemy, The Subtle Art, Not Giving a Fuck. You I got know. you. Uh, the obstacles away. So no, I'm already I'm already loving it. And then, it's so good. Uh, and then I got another book also from the library that's an oral history of 80s rock and roll. Nice, hell yeah. So it's all interviews with all the bands. That's cool. It's it's. I'll send you a picture of the cover. But hey, my great. dad watched that movie you recommended about the kid who like wants to be in a band. Or he, Sing Street. Yeah, he watched it. He said it was really really good. Yeah, I I think he said my dad said he was pretty emotional when he was watching it. Yeah, I could get that. Makes sense. Yeah, that makes okay. sense. Yeah. I think it was either that or something else. I want to watch that. We got to watch that. I'm done. We okay. can watch it next week with the other movie that you're supposed to watch with Caleb. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Spe- special guest. <laughs> yeah. Wait, you guys got to act like we got to really twist his arm to get oh, on here. Kid. David, just so David, David, cut that out real quick. Okay. Bleep it out. We have a special guest. Wait, ask me what I'm stoked for. Yeah, Matt, what, what are you stoked, stoked for? for Usually, I'm used to going last. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Uh, dude, I have so much to be stoked for. We got a new vacuum fucking love this thing he's brought right? this up to everybody Vacuum, i've ever met in my life bro not the only new thing no i got a bookcase when my books are out and you know if you know me i love my books and i love to have them out they've been stuck in my closet for the last five months very happy to have them out um and then yesterday we got to golf me and david got to go out with uh his cousins my close friends john and daniel got to go out with my cousin dylan uh close family friend for both of us of eric and we got to have a good round of golf and it was a lot of fun and then after that um me monique we went out with her godbrother and one of their long friends like uh, close family friends and we bar hopped on a sunday and we had a lot of fun we went to we wanted to sing karaoke so we ended up at a dive bar with eight people in it no karaoke machine but we sang really loud and we played pool um it's always fun when you get to see your significant other enjoy their family. Yeah. Like in in the purest way of like 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 they like they used to when they were kids, you know what I mean? Like there's just like a deep love there, you know what I mean? So it was cool to watch like her and Sterling like sing and dance together and stuff. Like you just I don't know, just for me, I was able to just kind of like sit back and watch. I, and I just, think you can relate to it. Like you know, absolutely. How, you know how much that means. Oh, absolutely. Somebody. You know, but it's able to to see Monique experience that was was super super fun yesterday. And I fucking I love Sterling and I love Josh. So it was just it was a good good Sunday. Uh, I'm running like on an hour of sleep, so I paid for it, but it was definitely worth it. I too am tired. I'd be honest. Yeah. All right, if you made it this far into the podcast, thank you so much for your time. We really do appreciate your ear. And if you're here on YouTube, welcome. Nice to see you. Uh, go ahead and leave us a, a click the subscribe button down below and click the bell notification icon. I haven't done this in a while. Uh-huh. And that way you know whenever we upload our videos. And until next week, everybody stay safe, stay healthy. Until he- healthy. Until stay then, healthy. Stay healthy. <laughs> Until then, I'm drum. And I'm drummer. We'll see you guys then. Bye. Bye. <laughs>